0: To the Chiss Ascendancy podcast. Well, well, well. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the
1: Chiss Ascendancy.
0: Those beautiful Feels words good. I haven't heard in so many months. Feels we're good. on episode eighty-nine. And eighty-nine. Wow, we're back batch. <laughs> That's what we're calling this episode. We're back batch. Uh, obviously it's a joke it's a b-word joke reference <laughs> It's, let's, a, just it's a, call, let's call a spade it, a spade why why a, don't we it's a pun obviously referring to the bad batch um so we've been gone since uh obi-wan kenobi and so there's been lots of stuff come out we've had andor we've had high republic novels come out and things like that
1: so there's can a lot just, to
0: catch up on
1: can we take a second and like just really appreciate Andor for a second. Let us. I So love yep, it. let's yeah, we can and we
0: can do like a full Andor episode and break it back, break it down brick by brick. It's kind of a joke because there's so much bricks in Andor. Um but Samuel, I know you enjoyed it, but mean? we didn't there's lots of bricks. You mean there's do houses? You mean no, but yeah, like I in believe, Star Wars, I agree. There's
1: houses. It's no, like but especially in, uh, Dagum Jerusalem. There's well, yeah. What's houses. I can't it's remember. It's like a modern warfare map. What? <laughs> what? What? planet is Cassian from originally? Do you recall? Not off the nog, not off the old nog. I'll be honest. Not
0: off you. the eggnog. Hope you guys had a merry Christmas and a happy New Year,
1: or whatever happy you celebrate.
0: Um. I, so. Uh,
1: Go ahead. It was a stupid rabbit trail I was going to go down.
0: That's okay. I was going to say, <laughs> um, let's see, do do do. Um, okay, Ferrix. That's the word I'm talking about. Um, hey. To me, what I was going to say is that like Star Wars has a very niche feel to it, but um, and I don't I didn't mind it necessarily. But uh, Ferrix Cassian's homeworld had a very earthy feel to it. And yeah. the the but the bricks played an especially important part because when you died you'd be cremated and your body yes, became part of the that bricks is, that they're laid. That's that was that's the brick true. joke
1: that I was making. I think that's really cool actually. I love little I mean, again, stupid rabbit trail, but that's what we're all about, right? Um I love the Star Wars rabbit trail podcast. Is there mm-hmm.
0: rabbits in Star Wars? Loth rabbit? Um there's uh
1: Jax Jackson. Oh, Yeah, Jackson.
0: He's so, a, the Aleppi?
1: Yeah, Leppies,
0: Dude, of Alepi all my freaking Horde of Star Wars stuff, I always have a freaking Jackson right there at the ready. <laughs> Nothing else. Just, just have him there.
1: You <laughs> this guy here? Oh my god. King? He's a legend. Oh my word. He is cool. I almost knocked my uh, thing off the wall. Th- threw my head back so far. Um... Where was it going? Oh, I just love the little the little lore, the mm-hmm. lore of Star Wars. I think I don't know. Of course, um, I've gotten my wife now. We've been married almost a year, about ten months now, and uh, I've got I've gotten her to watch seven Star Wars movies. So she's watched. I started in Rogue One. I figured it was the most grounded of all the movies. Okay. Um, because you get into the others, they get a little bit philosophical, a little bit forcey. I've very gradually yes, yes, yes. been working on her to enjoy mm-hmm. like sci-fi and that type of genre. So I, you know, Ready Player One, it's very earthy but yet sci-fi, and then Alita: Battle Angel, stuff like that. She's getting her further and further and further away. I've never but seen Alita. It's, oh, it's so good! It's got Christoph Waltz too. He's uh, one of my favorite oh, actors. Oh, he's a classic, classic Christoph. He's phenomenal phenomenal but then i got her into um you know just kind of off the rails stuff a little bit and um mm-hmm. so i got her into rogue one i figured it was the least um non-earthy i feel it's the most real people kind of thing so you know you have cheer it and uh what's what's the most committed of them all what's his name um Baze? yeah Baze. and uh you are once the of, most pious yeah. of us all i can't remember so, the actual word. Uh, but you know what I mean? So it's, that's like the forciest it gets. So it's pretty right? Um, pretty just sci-fi-y. It's not as you know philosophical in that sense.
0: My wife has friends over, and they're just – can you
1: hear them? They're screaming. Yeah, barely, but I can hear them. I mean I know it has okay. to be kind of loud to hear it in that room. But uh, anyway, we started there. We got her four through four, five, six because it's right after okay. Rogue One. And you're like, all right, where does the story go now? And then I got her through my beloved one, two, three. She <laughs> really want to watch Clone Wars to get the understanding of Episode Three. I told her it's all there. I was like, "We gotta watch seven, eight, nine because we'll be there for three years watching Clone Wars." Um, oh, dude, for real? Yeah, it's it's there's a lot to it. So I figured I don't want to unpack all that just just yet. And right, then, uh, but yeah, no, we got her. We got her all the way going through. So I'm very proud of that. She actually enjoys Star Wars now, um, which is a nice. big accomplishment for me because she's been. Um, resistant towards Star Wars in her in her previous life before I changed her world.
0: Oh well, you've uh, got a great show for her, Star Wars Resistance. <laughs> it's uh, dude, there's a freaking show for any pun you want to make, isn't there? You love, yeah, okay, you like Magnolia? I get that. Yeah, Chip and Joanna Gaines, <laughs> a lot of doors there, and doors. Uh, great show, Andor. Here we go. Cheers. Let's go, bricks. Cheers. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, without getting down too far into the nitty-gritty, uh, what is, what's your, like, main takeaway from the show, and where do you
1: see Season 2 going? Andor? Yeah. Um, I I know we came here to talk about the Bad Batch, but I just can't stop myself from a good old uh, Lepi trail. Um, season 2, I, I know a lot of people had the complaints I've heard about Andor. I think they're dumb. I'll go on the record. And my friends know who they are. So, you know, I love you and also I think that's dumb, but uh, I, I, I don't get it. I, I love the slow burn. I love the slow burn. I love that. It took two, three episodes to get into the nitty gritty of it. I love that. Um, So I guess the, the pace was your friend's complaint. Yeah. The pace, I think they just found disinterest in how long it took to get to action, but it's the action is so pandering. I think the the need to get to something so fast all the time, constantly moving, you know, like Marvel Cinematic Universe style of just constantly hitting the hitting the gas. Mm-hmm. I think that Andor is leading into Rogue One, which is arguably like the most character building for the character building sake movie because it doesn't go anywhere with any of the storyline for any of the characters except for Mon Mothma. It's just these characters right now. And so it's going into that character. It's going into Andor. It's going into um, wherever he's going to lead. And it's going into his storyline that we were questioning where he came from when he talked about using the fight room from the time he was six years old. You know what I mean? And I we, we're like, this fight What? Since I was six years old. Yeah. I'm like, Where is that? And suddenly come it's real from? to you. Yeah. And so I, I think that it's the perfect pace. I love seeing Andy Serkis again um even though it's almost weird to it's almost like um when uh what's his name Chris Evans was the human torch and then he was Captain America where it was yeah. just this kind of you know complete flip flop of personality in the same cinematic universe but um i i love seeing him and i love seeing you know the the role that Andor takes him wherever he goes, he's like he's moving the action. You know, he's the he's the reason things are getting off the rails. And I think it's just incredible to see his entire. I don't want to get involved. I just want to like make my living, almost Han Solo esque, uh, in Episode yeah. Four of I don't care how much the princess is worth as long as I get paid. You know, type of character, yeah. and then just I don't know, see well, somebody like, who actually cares about the cause. You, you I get to see perfect. him
0: grow. You get to see. um like, okay, so in the very beginning, uh killing those dudes and then the uh the local security guy that gets involved a little bit too deep that Blippy look alike. Um mm-hmm. that's the guy just looks like Blippy to me. So <laughs> can you see it now that you I've can said tell it? who the father is in this podcast? I was like, What the frick is Blippy doing in this Star Wars show? What a nosy rosy. Um that's so, funny. He's he's looking for Andor after the killing of those two security guys, um, and then the kind of uh, the kind of XL sized Scottish dude was super cool. Um,
1: <laughs> you know, what's funny is also, I always thought the I always thought that what was he? A comm- what was his rank? Lieutenant, something like I that. Know. I always thought he I looked like uh, Jenny Weasley from Harry Potter. I I even did an IMDb search to see if they were related, <laughs> and they're not. But I well, was like, surely. Surely they're from the same bloodline. That's funny. But the uh, not, though. I thought that that was really
0: fun. Um, dude, Luthan was such a cool character. Luthan's dude, so ship sick. is freaking sick. Um, dude. and, and the then it's so,
1: the, I love things that are unassuming, like me when yeah. I play basketball.
0: <laughs> the uh, the heist on Aldani is freaking raw. The um, dude, for it being a not movie budget. It looks mm-hmm. so good whenever you see the uh, the asteroid shower and they're like flying the in the asteroid shower. The eye, dude, all that freaking crap was cool. Um, I love anything
1: that remotely reminds me of the High Republic, so I was there for right. the eye.
0: And then also, like you said, the slow burn of the character building of Andor, and then um, the the manifesto that he gets from the young the young man that ends up passing away at the Mm -hmm. Aldani heist. And then someone pointed out later that if you look at pictures from Cassian at the beginning of rogue one, when he's wearing that puffier blue jacket, when he first meets Jen, he's got that manifesto tied to the front of his uh, chest. Like on it's either on his jacket or it's on like the strap of his backpack or whatever. So just those little tidbits, Mm -hmm. Luthen has an amazing speech. Like what have I given up? What have I given Mm. up? And just yeah. goes into that. That's a huge one. Um, Lutheran's shop having uh, all of the freaking Easter eggs in the world. Um, the 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 Wookie helmet, the Naboo this, the Gungan that, the, the Star Sith Killer Sith Star armor. Kill.
1: Armor, yes, that stick.
0: was sick. Um, and then of sick. course the one way out speech by Supreme Leader Snoke. Um, <laughs> the my you know you've heard me talk about my favorite part about the Star Wars is the rumors and the. Uh, is this the beginning of Snoke rumors (laughs) when they were coming out was really funny. Um, That's really funny. And just like, you know, when you're watching ancient aliens or like um, monster quest and you're like, I don't think that Mothman's real, but I want to know more. I I I dove headlong into that freaking Snoke thing. and was like, maybe, maybe, maybe it is
1: (laughs) (laughs) another Darth Jar Jar trail. Tori and I were looking to buy another game just to hang out. We love board games, and there's this game called Horrified American Monsters, and mm-hmm. it's uh, a spinoff of the original, but it's just like uh, it's got like Sasquatch, Mothman, the Banshee, uh, the Arkansas Howler, uh, okay, I like the it. Jersey Devil, stuff like that. So it was just uh, I was like, it's got Sasquatch, we have to buy it, you know. So, so how um, does it how does it work? What do you do? Uh, it's just it's fun because it's a co op game you um you'll work together so it's not like player versus player it's basically all the players versus the game itself so each mm-hmm. turn you have like a, a player turn and then a monster turn so it's a lot of fun and it changes like each monster has its own way to be, be defeated and then it plays together differently depending on which monsters you choose to fight against so it's a lot of fun but anyway sorry you you reminded me of that when you when you talked about well, monster. okay Man. I, I just i love that stuff love it
0: oh dude cryptids is my favorite thing uh, um we gotta so just bad Bash eventually Lots of stuff. really good stuff. And we'll do we'll do an episode eventually breaking down Andor. We'll just do a super a super episode where we just go like into each we'll do a quick breakdown of each freaking uh episode and do the five claw review that we do here on the Chess of So we're back. Um we're talking about the Bad Batch season two, episodes one and two dropped this past Wednesday. Uh we're recording as of January seventh, twenty twenty three. The fact that it's freaking twenty twenty three is Buck Wild. Um, and it, so it
1: just mirrors it feel like 2022 was like three seconds long? I felt like the year flew by person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Personally. And I'm so ready for 2023, Um uh, ready to be in a new, new chapter, new season and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, definitely lots of, lots of, uh, lots of, uh, new life to, to have and, and all kinds of good stuff. So absolutely. Um, I
1: stopped biting my nails. Personally, you know, that's a huge that's I mean, that happened between the last what are you, the liver king? One. I know I'm I'm just jacked with steroids. Primal. <laughs> I'm going to come out about it. You know, I'd steroids do what I want. Uh... <laughs> never heard of this stuff. Never touched this stuff. Never did this stuff.
0: I, I can't even it. spell steroids. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, 2023 brings with it the Bad Batch season two. Um and they did right. a two episode premiere. Um so uh, obviously style. Yeah, exactly. So and and they and they work really well together. So you yeah. have the first one Spoils of War and the second one Ruins of War um jump into a j- jump into it Samuel and then what we'll do is instead of reviewing one episode at a time, let's just treat it like it's one, you know, longer episode because it really it, it, is it's one kind is. of arc. Yeah. Um and tell us a little bit about your thoughts on so we have our five point uh review that we've always done the chase ascendancy if you're new to the podcast um we get into our overall thoughts we give it a rating we give it new characters we we talk about our uh, standout moments and then where we think the story's going uh so
1: talk to us about your overall thoughts can we talk about um okay just out of the pocket question for you when we opened up on crab rave crab rave beach all right i know you remember that i know you remember that video yeah uh sorry everyone awesome uh crab rave beach uh they had the crabs with the spartan helmets um you know they were just out there doing their thing what was the first thing you thought of when we opened up on that planet
0: oh man i don't know um deep cut here deep cut Okay, okay. We open up. We're on Crab Brave Beach. Mm -hmm. I kind of thought of uh, the video game Croc 2.
1: Dang. Okay, we went very different directions. I thought of uh, Path of (laughs) Destruction, that planet where uh, Bane has to go. It's like a beach planet. He rides the Rancor Uh, into the Sith Temple. That's where my mind went initially. I was like, what's the booty here? You know, is it a Sith Holocron? You know, who are these crabs? Why is there armor? you know, resistant to uh, energy blasts. What's right. the story here? Are these sentient beings? Are they like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm wondering how we got here. So, you know, what's funny is on Wikipedia, they call it the crab heist.
0: That's the name of the mission <laughs> since there's not really anything going on. That's um, really funny, man. Yeah, I just it's, it's pretty cool. And it's when we we're at those, it's,
1: those rallies together.
0: Yes, it's cool, too, because you see, um, you see, the batch has kind of evolved and changed like echo isn't just sticking around with tech anymore like he's kind of part of the action crew with hunter and with um with uh he Ruth wrecker wrecker god bless and then you have freaking
1: uh are you playing the crab rave you're gonna get us taken yeah. down actually too Funny enough, this sound the intro sounds very much like uh, Croc Two. The ocean It really like... does, actually. <clears throat> Watch a Croc Two run through sometime, everyone listening, all three of you, and you'll find out how much this sounds like Croc Two. But this is what I was reminded of. Croc two is a legend, dude. The actual crabs. Oh. Good times. Anyway, that's where that's where my mind was the entire first three minutes of the episode. That's awesome. Yeah. I was just like, tong, 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 tong. It's a um, clap of the claws. So
0: we get out of there and, uh, Omega is doing much better. She's much, uh, she seems she to be a little bit older. Longer. Can you just take an
1: appreciation moment for how well she's pulling back that bow? You know, she had the <laughs> elbow. Yeah, the high. You know, she's drawn, what do you want to call that? Plasma bow back to the cheek. I don't know. It was sick though. It reminds me of the, uh, night sisters. What makes me think of
0: which cool energy. Isn't that where she gets it? where she get it? I can't remember. Um, yeah. The energy bow is really, really cool. Um, and then echo wrecker hunter. They all, they escape. They get back to Sid's place, which is that cool Trandoshan chick. Um, and then then I like that. The show
1: is, is complete without, um, queen Latifah. It's not Queen Latifah. <laughs> Can we talk about how the character is hundred percent Queen Latifah? Can we? Talk no, it's about it? it's not.
0: It's Wanda Sykes.
1: <laughs> who's... It is though. It is Queen Latifah. No, Can we talk about but, it?
0: No, it's the Wanda Sykes is the chick that's the the skunk in Over the Hedge.
1: I'm thinking, who's the one who is the. The old, the old <laughs> sloth in, like, Ice Age 4 or whatever.
0: Oh, I don't remember. Queen is the voice of Manny the Mammoth's wife in Ice Age. We're way off base here. No. Yes. Is it
1: really? Is it yes. Wanda Sykes? Oh, man. Look it up, dude.
0: Wanda Sykes.
1: Hold on. Yeah. The meltdown is what I'm thinking of. Maybe. Maybe.
0: I'm telling you, dude. Oh, Literally, damn, the voice right. of the character is Wanda Sykes. As soon as right. I heard, I was like, "Is, is that right. Wanda Sykes?" You're right.
1: Okay, you're right. I apologize, world. <sighs> That's so funny, dude. Wrong, wrong Ice Age character. I apologize, but still, oh. you, the point is across. Wanda Sykes, she—I had the voice right. I had the name wrong. She is yeah. the she's the old sloth in Ice Age right. Four. But, Um, you know, it's the same as the guy that does the voice of Mr. Krabs. You know, what what cartoons complete without him? And then we get to episode two and then we have Joe from Princess Diaries, a.k.a. wan Shi Tong from Avatar The Last Airbender. He makes an appearance. Mm -hmm. Is that his voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the guy. Is it really? Princess Diaries. Yeah. wan Shi Tong. He's the old man. Nice. That's the survivor.
0: Yeah, so the the cool thing is, um, if you noticed that the bartender that greets them when they get back to Sid's place is that droid that helped save them uh, on yes, Camino at Camino. the end of last season. That yes. was really cool. Um, and then uh, we jump right into the next mission, which He's is... It's also in the
1: Clone Wars and the whole Fives arc.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stealing, uh, stealing the war chest from Sereno from the horde of count dooku which is so freaking sick um, so you
1: never played red dead redemption 2. um no nope. i played it maybe two or three times all the way through and all i can think of when they're doing this heist it i was like man these never go right you know you have of the guy who's in charge dutch and he's saying this is gonna be our last heist we're gonna get out of here we're gonna have all these riches and we're gonna be so successful and this is it and then we're going to freaking i don't know what they call it like guantanamo bay you know and they're just right. going out there and i i disclaimer i understand guantanamo bay is a is like a prison camp but they're you know they just have like all these you know illusions of grandeur to use a star wars phrase and they yeah, uh, right it never goes according to plan you know nope. they have the whole crate of crystals and gold and then they have the backpack of crystals and gold and you know they walk out of there freaking bare-fisted you know just happy to survive it's so frustrating from a point of having been that character from you know like virtually you're shooting all these different folk trying to just survive and get from you know your ship back to your ship with some degree of riches and yeah and, and the crazy thing nothing. is they just needed the one
0: like there's a whole cargo whole haul of literally well just that's and they need little
1: backpack
0: they just need one freaking backpack of coins to you know but they couldn't even spare one gold coin Um, Can we talk about
1: (laughs) – that's a deep cut. Can we talk about how if they wouldn't have just rushed – if they hadn't just bum-rushed the ship, right, and they're like, we're going to fall back. We're going to do a little extraction. We're going to – and this is me from my Call of Duty experience here. We're not going to just charge the cargo ship. a la madagascar 2 we're gonna pull back and we're gonna go to (laughs) our ship and we're just gonna meet you in the atmosphere with whatever crate that you can carry and wrecker's pretty strong he he can hop back and forth they would have made it out there with like at least one box of crystals here's my thing if the havoc marauder their ship
0: it's got to have a tow cable right Why didn't they just do like a Tokyo drift style like and just do a freaking drift, shoot that bad boy out of its butt and then just grab a freaking crate and just zoom out. And then they can just like, you know, you know what I'm saying? You could get far enough away to land on the beach, open up the crate, be like, okay, we need six of these. That's going to be a billion dollars combined. Boom! 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 Like you said, record just puts them all in the hole, and then lickety split, you're out.
1: Hmm. But um, no, no, we like to be difficult. No, no, that wasn't the plan. We're gonna just jump on the exterior of the hole. <laughs> so, give me your uh,
0: your overall thoughts. Did you enjoy it? Did it feel new enough? What do you think about
1: the new color scheme? All that. You know. I loved it. I loved the color scheme. Um, It felt very, you know, black ops. They had a much darker color scheme. So I felt like, um, for a second, can we talk about how on top of it Wilco was? Oh, dude, for real. Wilco, he was, dude, he was making the right call at every single turn with integrity to the very end. Mm -hmm. So he was on top of it. Let's just give him his accolades.
0: Yeah, Wilco was
1: cool. Can we talk about. He was on it. He was really cool. He was, like, what you want the clones to be from the very start of the Clone Wars. You know, he's just making baller decisions. He's on top of his game. He gets a little bit of feedback. He recorrects. I mean, he was, what, the only clone commander to even approach being able to capture Clone Force 99. I mean, he's just baller. So I, I had mad respect for him as kind of like a an adversary, like a worthy right. opponent sort of thing. Um, but I, I like the adjustment on the color schemes. I thought it was cool to kind of, you know, capture, um, this kind of, you know, this is our move. This is our change. This is our direction. So kind of like really owning the fact that they've separated from wherever they started. Yeah. Cause they and had their typical into... black,
0: black, gray, white, red kind of feel. And right. then now they've got some of these like echoes armor. I pulled up a picture. I'm looking at right like now. Blue green. Yeah. Echoes armor is like a bright red under garment um but a lot more white mm-hmm. and stuff on the chest and the helmet and then mm-hmm. Wrecker has a lot of like yellowy orange on his and then um, it seems
1: like a lot more functional camouflage as opposed to like traditional dark colors Hunter has a lot of like turquoise yeah
0: it's weird because they're so they're new and cool the but they're not like
1: they don't really match necessarily
0: and I think Texas like has his regular cool color
1: direction yeah, Tech's just going to do what he does. He's going to hit it off with uh, Wanda Sykes, you know, tall. I got medium height, average complexion, and uh, average looks is, is Wanda likes type. That's Wanda funny. Sykes type, She likes that.
0: It's really yeah. funny how Tech, like, he's so techy that he even has, like, issues with the ladies where he's, like,
1: "Oh, his eyes are brown. regular. Yeah, yeah that's in really funny. Freaking idiot. Um, it reminds me of me when uh, girls would hit on me in college and I had no idea. Oh, yeah, you ever have like hindsight where you're like, uh, Oh, yeah, she was into me and I missed that entirely? That's that's tech right there, <laughs> except for I don't think he'll ever have the hindsight. What if tech's completely aware and he's like, No, thank you, he's like, She's stupid. <laughs> Just I would actually
0: it. prefer to stay with my brothers and continue to eat this tray of Swedish meatballs from IKEA. If you've not had the Swedish meatballs from IKEA, you're missing out. Um, you're missing so out. give me a give me a rating, one to ten, if you had to combine the two episodes, one Combined? being Sunny Day in the Void, and ten being, uh, <laughs> you know, Alter of you Mortis. know what I
1: feel about how the the D Troop, uh, D Squad. these Nuts? <laughs> uh, Stupid. I, I give it about a seven and a half, actually. Okay. I, I really enjoyed yeah, these first two episodes. I'll I, come I in honestly, with a seven. We hopped into it. Okay. Wow. You give it a higher rating than me. That's rare. Um, you said I, seven I and, and a half. I the animation. Yeah, I said seven and a half. Or sorry, and I, I said give seven. it a higher rating. It's rare that yeah, I give yeah, a higher yeah. rating.
0: Yeah. It's just, I think that there's a lot of potential there. We Nothing groundbreaking.
1: I don't think it was like mind blowing. It was really cool to see the growth. Um, I think the first two episodes particularly focus on Omega. Mm-hmm. Um, she's definitely the central character at this point where before I feel like there's a lot more focus on the interplay between Hunter and um, what's his name? Sharpshooter Marksman. uh Crosshair. Crosshair. Sorry. I've got, you know, all the all the crosshair terminology between Hunter and crosshair. There's just kind of the balance of uh, this is the right thing to do versus this is the right protocol. Right. Um, I think that was the biggest interplay between characters in season one. Now we've got season two and Omega is kind of like it feels like much more of a coming of age story. She's trying to find her place in the unit. Right. I Uh, agree. How do I fit in? How do I, how do I contribute? Um, And so I think we're kind of at the point where she's the the most compelling character in the fact that she has the most most growth potential. Yeah, Um, definitely. So I feel like a lot of it was focused around her, but um, I feel like it was a really fun, playful and yet engaging sort of twin episodes of this is you know the setup and this is the the conclusion i think it's a very bad batch that it just finished with them having absolutely nothing to show for their escapades
0: dude that's um, so frustrating whenever you have like a fun group that goes on a heist and they're like
1: we survived I know. that's always so frustrating um, it's like <clears throat> the negative of a, of the italian job <laughs> right exactly <laughs> a group of capable individuals and you want them to show out and they just Come out uh, at a wash.
0: I would say I gave it a seven because the, it, there's some good stuff. Nothing crazy. Um, I would have liked for like while they're on Sereno, it would have been cool if they were in Count Dooku's castle a little bit longer. If we could see like I know that they were in his like main room and everything where he fought the Night Sisters and stuff like that. I would have liked to have seen like maybe they go somehow they find their way into his like bedroom or something or his study just something to give like a little like some maybe some easter eggs or something in there would have been cool um kind of like every time you go into Luthen's shop in Andor there's just something mm-hmm. in there it would have been cool if they stumbled into his office or his something um and you saw like um maybe his maybe an extra cloak like hanging there or something like that like just something like that would have I... been cool or um, I don't know. You know I feel I mean? like
1: the lift in his bedroom was kind of a Harkin because there was the whole, um, Assage yeah. tried to assassinate him in his sleep. Wasn't there kind of an escape hatch moment where he, I think he uh, jumps out of the window. Does he? Dang. I, I think have so. to revisit that. I haven't watched that in a minute, but I, that feels very Dooku, doesn't it? That there would be just a lift behind a control panel in his bedroom.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that feel, was really cool. I um,
0: I would say, uh, So, you know, we're already like 30 minutes into this, so I don't want to like hark Mm -hmm. on different things too much. But I did really like, um, I did like the fact that we got, it felt like in his first two episodes, we got a little bit more involvement from Echo than we got in most of the season last year. Um, Because in the Bad Batch, before Echo's a part of them, you have the marksman, you have the leader slash tracker you've got the strong guy, you've got the techie dude, and like, they've got all their, yeah. everything's figured out, you know? And then, um so for Echo to be like, partially like, cyborg slash droid, whatever, that kind of makes him the techie guy, but really, he's like, Hunter's the leader, but Echo is kind of more of a veteran, when you think about like, Surviving the attack on Kamino, surviving that mission where he almost died in the Clone Wars, surviving behind enemy lines for so many, however you say, months or years or whatever, to be found. Um, He's kind of like, uh, especially since he's a reg, so he's been through like regular training. He's really like, as far as the come up, going from a regular trooper to an ARC trooper and all that kind of stuff, he's seen more of that. And so I thought it was cool that he had some more opinions. Um, I think that they're developing, uh, you know, there's that part where he's saying we're in this situation that we're in because of Omega. And he doesn't mean it the way that she takes it, but it creates an interesting story arc for the season where it's like Mm -hmm. their Echo seems torn between keeping Omega safe and jumping headlong into the fight to fight the Empire before it gets too strong. Um, and yeah. then Hunter is the same thing. He wants to do what's right. But what is more right to fight the empire or yeah. to protect your family slash, you know, hand yeah. hen, hen Omega. Um, and of I course, there's really a part of there's a part of Hunter yeah, that ahead. is always going to want to fix things with Crosshair, you
1: know, as the leader of the group. Yeah, definitely. And I, I thought it was interesting and really um, admirable almost to see Echo come to the point where he said we can be doing so much more granted that it was the right thing to get right. Omega out of there that we didn't do wrong by her we didn't wrong by us that we you know did the right thing um but there's more that we can be doing maybe we can put omega aside for a moment that there's there's more that we can be doing at the moment that the empire is doing all this evil we can be balancing that out a little bit and right i don't know it was just very um self-aware almost for a star wars character to just be kind of like hey we did the right thing but also can we do more of the right thing moving forward
0: yeah a lot of times it's like a one way street and it's like this is how I'm going to do it and I'm, yeah. I'm never going to like um, you see a lot of that in the sequel trilogy where it's kind of like whenever you have the whole Finn Rose situation and it's like well, we're here to do this thing you know mm-hmm. and it's like we're, we're We're here to find the code breaker. We're here to do this. and it's there's that moment where they have to kind of break away. And that's why, like, and of course, that lends to the storyline because then they get picked up and you know, all this kind of stuff, and they get mm-hmm. caught by the first order and all these other things. but it's <clears throat> it's cool to have and shows it's shows lend themselves more to these moments because you have more time per character. but it's cool to have a self-reflective moment that isn't just part of the story where the person has to be self-reflective because they get captured or someone dies or whatever. So to have Echo be like, look, I want to do more, but we also did the right thing. So what are we going to do? What's the right take? And I think what we're going to end up finding is we're going to find that the right take is do as much as we can because Omega is capable. Um, You know, we need to, we need to trust her as much as we can. As much as we can protect her, she's coming into her own as well. She's a part Definitely. of the she's a part of the group, you know. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, so I guess that's kind of like the rate the 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 beef and then the ratings. I guess uh, new characters. Uh, obviously, you mentioned uh, Wilco was really really cool, um, and then I I really enjoyed uh, Romer, um, the old man that they stay in his house on Sereno. It's crazy he's to really me, cool. like, he's really cool. And it's just, it's wild to me that Sereno would have been like the safest place to be during the Clone Wars because of Dooku's connection to the strings that were being pulled. And it's just like, it's just one more reminder of like how Chief Palpatine doesn't give two craps about anyone or anything. It's like, okay, now the Dooku's out of the picture. We're going to go to Sereno and we're going to freaking bomb the whole freaking place and strip everything. Dude, it and destroyed. it's just nuts. Like, there's everything literally flattened. a bombardment where everything was just destroyed. And, like I said, a place that would not have been touched at all during the Clone War because of how important Count Dooku was to
1: everything. Right.
0: So, and especially you know, if you've
1: read um, Count, or I guess it's not Count Dooku, but Do- Dooku Jedi Lost, you know, just right. seeing about the whole ordeal there and 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 how connected he was not just to his people but the planet as a whole it almost seemed like a force nexus that there was this whole um
0: the planet itself
1: almost seemed to draw him into the conflict you know what i mean right yeah
0: the visions that he received and things like that it's just crazy because like the separatists obviously would take care of it because they want for you know dooku to have the the best experience ever and they're taking care of you know, he's the leader of the uh this the Confederacy of independent systems and then the Republic wouldn't dare attack because you don't want to provoke Dooku to do something crazy. And so it's just it's a it's a weird connection uh that now that the Empire's in control. There's really other than Coruscant because it's um the head of the Empire Um, Imperial City, I think the whole planet's renamed Imperial City. Um, I think it's really crazy that now it's like no holds barred. We don't have any issues destroying anything and everything in our way. So anyways, um, I think that's really cool. And so, uh, going from there, um, we, we go to another moment where, uh, We have the freaking part where they they, they escape and now we're back at square one essentially of, so what's the next step? So I thought Wilco was really cool. And then again, you have, what's that one cat's name? Um, Admiral Rampart comes to the end and he's telling Wilco, okay, here's where we got to go. Here's what we're going to do. I need you to... Falsify this report. Um, that's really, really crazy because the you think of Wilco as the bad guy because he's willing to hunt down the batch, but then he's still wanting to do the right thing. So it's a, it's a weird uh, it's a weird balance where Wilco is the antagonist of the first two episodes, but he's still wanting to do the right thing, and then he gets confronted by Rampart, who's like, "So I need you to." falsify this document because right. it's going to cost me my standing with Tarkin. If you say that clone force 99 was there because I've said that they're dead. Um, right. Which what's crazy is like, you know, to quote Qui-Gon Jin, there's always a bigger fish. So uh, do for real? And, and, and the opposite is also true. There's always someone you can go down to, you know, there's, al- there's always a rank. You can go one rank lower to chew out, you know, whoever screwed up, so
1: it's yeah. like here's the thing, though, with Tarkin. So he's is I don't is, feel is, like isn't, he does that. <laughs> I think huh? you just like if I feel like if you're on the wrong end of Tarkin, it's just the end for you. Because he's he's the technically civilian version of Vader, right? Like that's why the Emperor has any respect for him is that there's well, he's a grand
0: mob, a like he's in charge of, of
1: everything. everything. Right, but that's technically a civilian rank. Right, right. That's the So he's. Vader's the military, you know, fist of might. And then there's Tarkin who is the completely non-force sensitive but totally respected by the emperor version of Vader. That he's, you know, just this person that has a a great amount of military prowess and he is a force to be reckoned with. And so I feel like if you're on the wrong end of Tarkin, you're kind of screwed. You know what I mean? So I think he realizes that it's not just… I've messed up and that Tarkin's going to recognize that and I'll get demoted. It's like, if Tarkin recognizes that I've messed up, then I'm completely screwed, you know, for, well, yeah.
0: And that's what I was saying is there's yes, there's always a bigger fish, but the converse of that is always true as well, where it's like, so as Rampart's looking out for making sure he doesn't piss off Tarkin, he's obviously like willing to just murder that clone Wilco and cold blood to make sure that, he's you know covered his bases poor guy but wilco or but rampart is now going to go to crosshair and say yo so what's the deal because the report was clone force 99 was killed and now that's not the case so what's the deal so i i wonder if that's what um i guess that's kind of like going to the next area because we've done the beef of the story we've given it a rating um i guess we can have our standout moment uh, standout moment for me was definitely the moment that I was like, whoa, was like I said, that ending moment where Wilco, who's been the antagonist this whole time, mm-hmm. you realize he's just following orders and he stands up to Rampart and Rampart just turns around and shoots him with the Thrawn pistol. And <laughs> the moment that I was like, Ooh, whoa, Lester, uh, the moment that made me go, hang on a second, was obviously uh, we know that it's geared more towards fans um in our realm of things where they're young adults or whatever and they grew up with clone wars but it's still a cartoon so you still have kids watching it mm-hmm. um and to see wilco's body falling from the
1: Dude, from the rail dark, that was a little dark i was like whoa i was cool. it's a little heavy for I, me. i didn't re- i don't know it was almost this like departure from reality moment that you you know he's been shot you hear the blaster shot you see exactly the and then there's the the you know big pan out, and you just see this body. I was like, wow, I didn't realize they're that close. They, yeah, to the they railing. went for it.
0: Yeah, it reminded me of. Uh, it reminded me of. What am I thinking of? There's a. Is it a movie or a Lightning? cartoon or something? <laughs> no, there's a movie or a cartoon or something where someone's head. Oh, it's uh, the Hobbit. Whenever there's that orc that's like talking about the, the dark one's back and it's not too long before your time in the sun's over, yada yada yada. And uh, uh maybe? You're talking about Thor and Oakenshield. No. Uh who's the who's the freaking douchebag elf that I always hate? Um he's the leader uh, of the king. You're the shadow.
1: About... Yeah. Oh uh, is it, it Thrindwill? You're talking about Legolas's dad, right? Yeah. He is a spoobie. Um, But he he cuts the guy's head off. He freed his head from his miserable shoulders. Yeah, wheel. Played by
0: Lee Pace. Yeah, that, that guy great was great like, I I freed his head from his miserable shoulders. That, But there's a moment where it pans out. You know he cuts his head off. Yeah, you know he cuts his head off. But then the camera pans out and there's a freaking orc head on the ground. And you're like, oh, we're going with that. And that the Wilco <laughs> moment was kind of that same thing where it was like, okay, so he wow, that sucks, he was killed, but then you see the freaking body falling. Um,
1: so a couple it of things, this next element of surrealism doesn't it? Yeah, like it, that was that know, was the moment that stood out to me. It's the difference between this and uh, Rebels, you know what I mean? You actually see so like this carcass falling, you know, it's free falling, yeah, and you think, you yeah, know, is this gonna obviously, be rebels,
0: Rebels grew older with the, with the kids kind of like Clone Wars did but it never got to a place where it was that dark. Would you agree? Hey, your your mic's not working.
1: No, I don't I don't have you. Okay, sorry. Uh um, I think my biggest beef with Rebels is that um they were afraid to kill off characters. It was almost a little bit too kiddy in the sense that um, I think it would have served the story a lot of times to just kill off non-essential characters. It gives us this this depth of, you know, it is a war and it is this conflict. And um, I think this was the opposite direction. If you have this guy, that's not even in, in a very, you know, hands removed since he hasn't done anything wrong. You Mm -hmm. know, he's, you know, done everything to the letter of what could possibly have been asked from him. Right. And the
0: the cool thing is, like I said, he's kind of, he's one of the antagonists in a sense of the first two episodes, but they Mm -hmm. do a really good job in just a handful of seconds to show you he's not a bad guy. He's just doing what he's told because he won't falsify the report. And so there's a moment where the tables turn a little bit in your mind and you go, okay, so this is just a dude that's doing what he's told.
1: And then you immediately feel bad for what happens to him so i mean yeah i i I mean i had nothing but respect for him he was killing it he had you know he his his yeah his analysis and his response his
0: response to what they were doing was cool yeah it's phenomenal
1: i mean he knew who he was dealing with he knew what to do to neutralize them i mean mm -hmm. as much as anybody in all the bad batch episodes that we've seen have dealt with them he dealt with them exceptionally well right and you know then it comes to the time to dealing with people within his own organization and he was not willing to compromise his morality you know you have a clone who is you know just doing the he's doing the best of what any clone has ever done as far as they can control Mm -hmm. um so it was just it was almost the empire version of seeing Cassian kill that guy just for being a a potential snitch you know what i mean you see yeah the rebels yeah get very the very
0: very time. similar feel yeah yeah because they're they're closing in and the guy can't climb because of his broken leg or whatever and cassian's like well pew. which is <laughs> well, which is so crazy because around. because of watching Andor, you know that cassian's moral compass mm-hmm. is like growing so you know it takes yeah. like this is for the greater good <sighs> And uh, I mean, he believes in very similar feel. So would you agree that was kind of the moment that stood out the most to you out of the two just to see like
1: Um, standout moment overall? Uh, I think the standout moment for me was seeing the head of the conflict between the main characters you have um, Echo and you have Omega in that freighter. And she's talking about like, you can't have a normal life because of me. And Echo, the person who's really been the catalyst for all of this internal conflict for Omega, saying, hey, you've got to let it go. You've got to be you know, – there's got to be more than this for you. Mm -hmm. And seeing essentially the one who really blamed Omega in in, in an indirect sort of way, tell Omega that she's got to let it go because there are things that are more important than this, that you're more important than this. Yeah, I think that that's just a very interesting thing because we see a lot of characters in Star Wars who are all or nothing. It is I'm all the way right or I'm all the way wrong. Yeah. And to see a guy who can kind of say, um, you know, I believe this about the greater good that we can be doing more as Clone Force 99. But you still have value and saying, hey, you've got to let this go or else we can't move on. I think that was a really out moment for me in. There was just a lot of conflict between these two characters. She said, I heard what you said. And he's like, yeah, I said that. But, you know, dot, dot, dot.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, too, because it's so
1: compelling for me.
0: If you think about it, too, it's like nobody has more to gain by continuing the fight than Echo does. Because he's been the one that's been closest to death, stuck in a freaking tube for however long. And then he gets out and it's like easily the most changed by the war. Yeah, exactly. The most affected by the war, like, really, honestly, like the batch, really has never lost anything. They never worked with the Jedi, like, <laughs> not closely, right? They, they were just kind of
1: doing their own thing.
0: Yeah, and then the so the and the crazy thing is, you think about it, they've lost the the most that they've lost is obviously their relationship with Crosshair, but it's part of that doesn't count as much because it's Crosshair's decision. To be lost in a sense. So it's like, but freaking Echo is like, I'm not, I'm not with fives anymore. I'm not with Rex. I'm not with the 501st. I'm not around Ahsoka. I'm not around like there's, there's a lot more that's been given up and he's, he's probably that, like, you remember, like, uh, they talked about how George Patton was born in the perfect time to be a general during the greatest war in the history of wars. And it was kind of like after, even though obviously the goal of war is to end the war, like the Mm -hmm. goal of world war two is to bring peace. Ultimately. Um, It's like the snake that eats its own tail, but it was crazy because he was so good at it that even though we're glad that the war is over and the Nazis have been defeated and Mussolini and the Italians and the Japanese and all that kind of stuff has been put to rest, you know, for the most part or whatever, and the allies have won and we're all happy. Patton's like, kind of depressed about it all because that's what he was born for. And it, yeah. what was even it's crazier is George Patton- was be-
1: looking for forward the opponent, <clears throat> right?
0: Yeah, well, it, it's crazy too because George Patton believed in reincarnation. So he believed he was at, you know, these crazy battles back in the Roman times and back in the mm-hmm. days of Alexander the Great and, you know, Genghis Khan or whoever. And so he's like, so now I have to just live out the rest of this miserable life after doing my calling. And then I guess I'll be reincarnated for the next great war. Um, and it's crazy because – You're being
1: so good at what you do that you're just imagining you're the last prodigy. <laughs>
0: well, that's what I'm saying. So is like, like
1: yeah,
0: Echo's given so much and having mm-hmm. taken – things so much has been taken from him that to continue the war makes the most sense for him because he's the one that the other guys like Tech can go – and freaking get a job tomorrow. Right. You know what I mean? Like Wrecker yeah. can go and be a freaking Best
1: Buy's always hiring, bud. Best Buy's always you know hiring I mean?
0: freaking Geeks Geek, geek squad. squad.
1: You can drive a little bug around.
0: Dude, and then like <laughs> think about that. Like Hunter can easily, you know, be some kind of a some kind of a tour guide, like hunting somewhere or a freaking investigator or whatever. Like I know they're all on the run. What I'm saying is they all have things that they can do. Echo's the one that's been affected the most where I feel like his mindset is more of this is all I know how to do than the other groups. And he's having this breakthrough moment of, Omega, it's not about the war. It's about you as a person. It's not about the Mm -hmm. fight. It's about about us as a family. And even though I said that in the heat of the moment where it's really actually life or death, what I'm saying is I'm choosing you over what I ultimately probably said that I wanted earlier so right. that was a pretty powerful moment as well um yeah,
1: i i really enjoyed that i enjoyed seeing the when the pedal hits the metal you know and right. we're between we can get rid of you and fight the empire right out screw the the diamonds and gold you know we want you and i think right. that speaks volumes about his ultimate character of even when he's frustrated you know, that he can vent those frustrations to Hunter and say, I know what your motivations are, mm-hmm. but this is what our greater calling is, to be in that moment, just him and Omega, where he could totally, I mean, let's be realistic. He could kill her. Nobody would know any different. It could have just been one of the other Right, like ultimately, happen. like yeah. nobody would know. And it's him saying, hey, let those things go. You know, you're more important than us just going off and doing what i feel is the most com- most compelling you know thing for us to do i think that that is very impactful moment for all the characters combined really because i feel like those might be the two most separate characters in this whole little miniature community that you mm-hmm. have omega who's you know the, mm. the rescue that she's kind of the orphan that's been adopted and then you have echo who's the orphan that was adopted from warside that you know kind of meeting in the middle yeah. Them having these same. Yeah. You make a good point that they want to do this is the right thing. In the spectrum
0: of personalities and what they bring to the table and what they've been mm-hmm. through and what life looks like after the Clone War. Yeah. They're the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Right. And they're the most separate. What's, and what's crazy is Echo's not just saying, meet me in the middle. He's saying, I'm coming all the way over to your side. You need to be okay with letting it go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a really good moment. That's it's probably huge. the more impactful moment for the season. The Wilco moment was just more of a jaw drop, jaw drop moment. No, because yeah. you realize I you mean, lost one of the good ones, even though he was the, yeah. the the, you know, the quote unquote bad guy. Uh, he's
1: one of those bad guys that you kind of respect, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanos, you know, yeah, like he's trying to kill half the half the universe, and you're like, ah, oh, well, he's, you know, he's still kind of he makes sense. Like, I can understand how he got there, you right? Know what I mean?
0: So, uh, okay, so the final portion of any review episode or any kind of breakdown episode would be, uh, where do we go from here? So it's kind of like this episode or these two episodes back to back are kind of open and shut. There's been some development, but also, Mm -hmm. like you said, we're back at square one. We didn't get a bunch of goodies to take back to Sid and be like, okay, hey, deuces. Now we can live (laughs) our own life. We're going to the backwoods of Jakku or frickin... It's a, big of yeah. a bit of a wash, so I'll set something up, and I'll tell you kind of what I'm thinking, and then let me know what you think. Let's hear it. Um, yeah. I think the reason they go back to Rampart at the end is to show to, to bring in Crosshair early in the next episode because we didn't see Crosshair in all in the first two, and so mm-hmm. the idea that now we're going to confront uh, Crosshair, I wonder if they're going to set start setting up some friction between Crosshair and Rampart um, to either have Rampart kill Crosshair at some point in the season or have the constant BS from Rampart kind of push Crosshair either further in line mm. to where he's like, whatever I'm just doing, what I'm supposed to do um, yeah. or further, further down the line of thinking of maybe I made the wrong call. Um, cause I really want to see, cause, cause you got to remember in the, in the trailers, we saw Cody and Cody and mm-hmm. Crosshair going to be working together. I'm assuming to get the batch. And so, where do you think where, where do you think we're going here? Do you think we're going to see Cody next
1: week? That's a very provocative thought, and I can't help but think Crosshair is a person of conviction. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? I think he's just going to go full steam ahead. You know, this is what I believe. I think this is the right thing to do. I okay. think that's kind of very the bad batch in general, you know, they, they're very much more led by a moral compass as opposed to answers or, or orders, um, you know, you see Cody kind of very much 360 in episode three, you know, that he's like, Hey, here's your lightsaber. Also, I'm going to blast you off this cliff. It was like a difference of three minutes real time. Um, and I mean, obviously not that's his, his actual decision, but, um, you see Crosshair kind of being the good soldiers follow orders of the Bad Batch, you know what I mean? That he's like, this is, you know, this is what we were made for. This is what we do. And, and then, also
0: the revelation late last season that he uh, already had the chip removed and still went forward with the. Yeah, I mean, you it, know?
1: it's just the uh, his moral compass points a different north, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, his north mm-hmm. might be south, but he's going full steam ahead. And uh, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think we're kind of very much at a, at a wash, honestly, between this and where season two could have started. Um, so what do you predict for see, like, next week? If you had to guess,
0: if anything, based on anything in the first two episodes, do you have any predictions
1: for what's not just next week, but the far future of the season? Well, I mean, we have the, the fact that now, Okay the the squad's alive. Clone Force 99 isn't actually dead. You know, they're not just uh kind of phantom in your nightmares. They're very much real they're really there. adversary. I mean he's gotta get get them right. Like they have to be put down or otherwise Tarkin's gonna have <laughs> something to say and, about it. So. And
0: do you think um, you know, some of the rumors that Come I've see. uh heard and some of the things I think I mentioned last year was what if Crosshair is he's so devout And so, like, given to the cause or whatever. Um, what if he just continues down the path of, like, I'm giving 100% to the Empire, I'm giving 100% to what I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to do, good soldiers follow orders. Um, what if he is like the prototype for,
1: uh, the death troopers? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Again, it's a very, um, black and white almost as far as, um, let's just say the last trilogy of star Wars has been very gray in, Mm -hmm. um, there was the light side and the dark side. Now there's this kind of, you know, um, Kylo feels the call to the light, which is very backwards of anything that we'd seen in star Wars up to that point. Right. This seems very much more. It, it is, it is black or it's white. It's crosshair is all the way. The empire or he's all the way, you know, rebellion. And, um, I feel like Crosshair has to get pulled in at this point because he's the one that knows Clone Force ninety nine the best, right? He's he was a part of it from the beginning. He's an he was until his departure an integral part of the force. You know he mm-hmm. he was he was part of their strategy. They relied on him. Even if we look at that uh, moment where they're in the training and there's that battle scene where they have these different elements and Hunter saying we need you to go do this thing so that we can do our thing. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? He was just so important to their movements. Yeah. I would say he's like the,
0: he's definitely the Mace Windu to Hunter's Yoda.
1: Right. Right. And I can't imagine that we're going to get to this point where now they're alive again and, and Crosshair is not going to get pulled in. You know what I mean? I just can't imagine. I I agree. Except for
0: the fact that he was the one that was supposed to get it taken care of last time. And he didn't. And he lied about it. So I wonder if it's like, um, what if it's like, you're going to be on the hunt, but Cody's in charge. Something along
1: those lines. Mm. Like Cody's kind of the commander and you're a consultant sort of thing.
0: Well, because like, again, <clears throat> you know, it's like the parable of the debtor where it's like Rampart will do everything to cover his tail, but he'll be the, you know, the big fish that bites off the head of the fish underneath him. I can see him like really giving uh, crosshair the business for screwing up at even the moment after he's trying to avoid getting, you know, yelled at by Tarkin by
1: yelled at yeah. and killed. <laughs> you know what? I uh I'll admit in predictions as far as the past history is going your 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 predictions have been more accurate than mine. Um, they so, just need to hire me to you know, keep I'm, saying <laughs> I'm, I'm willing. I'm well willing to uh, to say that yours is probably the more likely. I just think that it's going to be more of the ramparts kind of desperate to clear his name enough to where even if he calls in a screw up, it's the screw up that knows best. You know, yeah, what I mean? that makes but sense. Like, uh, even if it's just like I don't know anything better, so I'm just gonna fall back on the plan that I had before that didn't necessarily work out. Right, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw everything I can at it. I mean put myself in Rampart's shoes, what do I know? You know what I mean? I wasn't with them on all these different missions. I wasn't with them on all these strategizing times. I wasn't with yeah. them carving freaking, you know, score marks into the wall against beating different, you know, training missions or whatever. So if if my life's on the line, who am I gonna call? And it's gonna be the person who knows them best. It's gonna be the person who's with them in the trenches and, and knows all their strategies and knows all their secret signals. You know, if if yeah. Crosshair was there and he heard code zero zero, he would know that that meant they were going radio silence. You know what I mean? Nobody else would have known that. Right, or Crosshair would have known that. I think and so I'd also like to the see as who screw up. Yeah, as unlikely the as it who screwed is up with them. As unlikely as
0: it is, I would be totally down the same way that we spent two episodes without Crosshair focusing on the rest of the team. Crosshair is still a part of the Bad Batch. Like, he's still a part of that batch batch. of clones. So I would... I'm totally down for an episode just focused on Crosshair. I would love to get, like, a duality. I would be so game. And, like, here's a little something I'll put out there into the universe and see if it happens. Uh, I would be so game for... We spend some time with the group, like the the, the crew, and then we spend mm-hmm. some time with Crosshair and his journey. And then we spend some time with the crew and we spend some oh, time yeah. with Crosshair and we don't even see them come close to one another until the last two, three, you know, episodes. Yeah. You know,
1: I, I mean, anybody who's been with us for a little while, I'm I'm a big Crosshair fan. I thought he was sick. I, I was very much on board with his. Um, I, I personally, as an individual, am a very the world is shades of gray sort of person. Like I see mm-hmm. definitely the middle ground. I have a lot of respect and admiration and almost infatuation with people that are very black and white. And I felt like Crosshair was a black and white kind of guy. Yeah. And so I loved watching him kind of walk through the battles that the Bad Batch went into. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been a big fan of him. It was just like, this is the right thing to do or this isn't the right thing to do. Yep. Even if it was like, a, am a nice guy, like just completely screw that you know? i would <laughs> I, I would about love being to nice. see right yeah i I, seeing... I think
0: just some some things that I would like to see would be, uh I would love um you know, obviously we've seen a couple of little hints at seeing something going on with wookies um mm-hmm. at this point where the enslavement of the wookies is starting to take place, so that they can use them uh you know as a labor force, uh things mm-hmm. like that, it would be really All fun the
1: first uh force unleashed exactly you're going in there and you're how like the like, skyhook undone
0: if you if you want to like if we're not going to go with crosshair reuniting with the group right and he already had his chance once at mm-hmm. the end of season one so i think going colder is probably the route they're going to take and it's going to cost him his life in the end sad to say um i think one way to really like holy crap this guy means business like holy crap this guy's cold-hearted mm-hmm. would be what if like you have crosshair and a channel and fan favorite Bosk working together <laughs> to capture Wookies. Like how dang. how freaking hardcore would that be? And it makes sense, right? Like bounty hunter,
1: Trandocean. Like early Empire sort of thing. Yeah, bro. Um, dang, that's tough. It also reminds me a little bit of. Uh when Thrawn was early empire and he was seeing that slave ship was built for Wookiees. But, um, I mean, that's just completely sidetracked. That's where my mind goes, but I, I, um, dang. Yeah. I don't know. I think we're going to see crosshair commit all the way. I think we've had committed or a uh, conflicted crosshair up to this point where he's, yeah, I, I think he's sold. I think he's sold that he's where he needs to be. It's all or nothing for him at this point. Um, and so I would, as just, um, uh, a fan of conflict, like to see Crosshair completely sell out. You know, mm-hmm. I'd like to see him get all the way on board. Just for for the sake of his individual storyline, I'd love to see him just completely be empire. Um and see how he kind of deals with this threat. And uh I think there's a a private disdain that he has for Omega that it, I think he personally blames her for his reason being on the outs that yep. you see clone force 99 kind of really be goody goody. As soon as Omega's on the table and they're like, well, she's one of us. What do we do to rescue her? She's the most helpless and crosshair doesn't care. You know, he's just uh what does it take to get the job done? Kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. So I, I would very, I think if I'm crosshair, I blame Omega for getting pushed out. Yep. You know what I mean? I think I so think too. That's the easiest. I think that's the easiest resolution. So I, I would love to see him kind of like hunt for her individually.
0: Like a personal vendetta I think kind that of that thing.
1: Yeah, I think I think if he looks at the whole Clone Force ninety nine, who who is the like? What's the changing factor? All these different missions, I am pushed out on this one. What's the what's the differentiating factor? It's it's Omega, right? Right. She's she's the catalyst, and so I could totally see him taking a personal vendetta against her. That'd be cool. So I would love to see that.
0: Well, they're coming out on Wednesdays, so. We get every week we get something to, to kind of look over and kind of see where things are going. I would love to get back mm-hmm. on the prophecy train and see if we can uh, roll out <laughs> some dingers and see if we can make some good predictions. So, uh, man, thank you guys for tuning in. It's good to be back. It's good to be a little bit of ring rust there, but uh, we got we got the, the wheels turning. So I'm excited. Man, we can talk about we can do an Andor episode. Uh, we've got some Ahsoka rumors and leaks and stuff uh, mm-hmm. involving it's the Grand Admiral activities. himself. So lots of good stuff to cover in the coming weeks and months and whatnot. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, If you haven't yet, you know, like this video, send it to your friends, family, get some exposure going again for the channel. Uh, Keep an eye out for our shorts that we're still putting out every once in a while. Uh, If you're more of a just a quick lore video while you're taking a poopsie kind of guy, something like that. Uh, And then don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, all that good stuff. And we will see you next time. Don't forget, the Force will be with
1: you always. You have one last thing, in case you forgot. In case you forgot. Sir Ian McDermott said, The only family of have is me. We'll see you guys
0: next time.